What's good? It's your girl, Just Be Real, and we're here for episode 12 of season 10 of Just Be Real Podcast. There's some monsters in the closet. I know I'm not the only one. This is about to be a heavy one. Disclaimer, it's going to be a lot of triggering things, so a trigger warning is being given now. If you're not ready for it, come back for the season finale and we'll talk again, so don't say I ain't warn y'all. But there's monsters in the closet, and all I'm going to say is this. Open the door before it's jarred open. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. Baby, baby. Wow, welcome back. Hey, y'all. Um, yes. So this past weekend was my Founders Day weekend. I actually went outside, which I never did, but met the most amazing soror. Shout out to Bree and Kiara and Serenity and Caitlin, like they are the Kentucky Reds. Well, Bree isn't, but the Kentucky Reds, and they showed so much love. So shout out to them. Uh, super dope. So you know, shout out to Fall Twenty and Spring Twenty One. Um, I love the little babies, sweetest ever. So that was the vibe. Um, got to hang out with our old friend too. Shout out to Murph. And her girlfriend, Janae, they were a vibe. So me and my boo got a chance to, you know, hang out with them. So it was good energy, but I ain't going to lie to y'all. It was a hell of a week last week. So what Charlamagne say was a hell of a week last week. So I think it's even more pertinent for me to speak on this topic today and record this episode today, literally coming off the week because, baby, there's monsters in the closet that are literally still coming out of my closet that I thought I had already let go. And clearly, I'm not the only one. So a lot of people I've been speaking with this week have been in spaces where they've been dealing with their monsters, too. And I, like they said, 2024 is the year of karmic energy, okay? It's a, it's a year based in Saturn. Saturn is ruled by Capricorn, and I forgot the other sign, but... Karmic energy, energies being unlocked, vaults are being unlocked, closed doors, monsters under the bed, they're coming to go ahead and scare you and do whatever is necessary. So at this point, it's time to address it. So this episode is called Open the Door Before It's Jarred Open. And as y'all heard, Monsters in the Closet by my fellow Virgo, Selena Johnson, that song alone, go listen to it if y'all haven't, speaks volumes on today's episode because... Baby, we all got monsters in the closet. Some of us got skeletons in the closet. But that's a conversation for another day. But monsters in the closet automatically hit and resonated with me because I think we're now entering a phase in not just society, but musical culture and media where we're now unlocking those monsters in the closet and addressing them. And she goes, oh, well, I guess I just need more therapy. And sometimes you need more therapy, but that's only because it's giving you the tools to deal with those monsters in the closet. And sometimes you are the monster in the closet. But let me not get ahead of myself. Let me not get too into it yet. Because, you know, I'm about to deep dive in it. And I need to slow down, Holiday. Slow down. So let me me chill real quick. And um, the only reason why I felt this was necessary to do in this season in particular is because, again, I'm about to take a break, and I want to make sure I cover all bases of what I felt was necessary to give y'all the best episode possible uh, for the season 10. So I had come across a meme on Instagram that was a tweet from Michelle Evans, um, 
and it had read, people ask me why I share personal stuff so openly. It's because I found that opening up the conversation about difficult topics creates the space for others to unload the secrets that have been eating at them for years. It's like their entire soul breathes a sigh of relief. And that's exactly what it is over here for me because... As y'all know, since day one with this podcast, I said I was created, created this podcast to go against the grain. Speak on the taboo. Speak on the stuff that black culture don't want to speak on. Speak on the stuff from all perspectives that is, you know, not just a black woman, but a queer woman, an only child, a child who's not an only child, a child who has older siblings with age gaps, all these different influential factors that make up me that I know I'm not the only one out here dealing with. And it has spoken volumes from mental health to you know, death to to job loss to everything because I'm transparent with y'all and I just feel like a lot of it, one, can't hold me. If I don't allow the monster to hold me and it can't stay in the closet because if I speak about it freely, then I'm the one that owns the power. The monster no longer consumes me. Now, the monster could consume in other ways if you don't address it because there might be inner turmoil conflict that you have yet to address where it starts to resurface or surface at itself because I think what's the normal term standing on business when you stand on business about yourself and don't play about your emotional health your well-being then you don't allow somebody else to play in your face as well but I think that message alone speaks into itself has to have a sigh of relief because I know for me like I've told y'all before when that whole rape situation happened with my cousin, I didn't tell my mom until 15 years later. And at then I was 27. I'm a grown ass adult. And the relationships I had in my love life were very much reflective of the turmoil and the monsters in my closet that I wasn't addressing. To be in verbally abusive relationships, to be the one that was verbally abused and the verbal, verbal abuser, to be in domestic violence relationships when I was the one that was being abused and sometimes the abuser, to mentally, mentally abused, socially abused, downplay, disregard, degrade, belittle. I, it was done to me, so I did it to others because I thought that's what love was, but not until therapy came into life, I came to realize, hey, this isn't normal. This isn't healthy. This isn't what love really is. This is more abuse than anything. And how could you flourish and say this is love when you're always hurting and hurt people hurt people? And I've come to that conclusion even more so now because like I told y'all, right, I had a week. I had a week where a jar, a, a door was jarred open because it was some issues, mother issues that I realized that needed to be addressed with my mom. And don't get me wrong, y'all. I love my mother dearly. But a lot of her is narcissistic, and I've always talked about dealing with a narcissistic parent. It is not easy because sometimes it normally trickles down if you do not address it and are able to adhere to see the signs and effects of what's been put into you without knowing it's been put into you. And I think that's what the situation was with her. And I realized, like, yo... It's about a control factor with narcissists. They want to have the control. They want to have the upper hand. They want to have the power. They want to have the last say. They want to have the word because everything to them revolves around them. There's no other aspect. And I feel like I kept that door closed for so long to try to see the brighter side and better picture to just say, oh, my mom's been this person and she's done this and that. But the whole time she tooting her own horn and bragging on stuff that is ain't got nothing to do with her, but it's all about image. And as I told y'all, it's been a struggle 
um, in our relationship as I've gotten older because I keep telling her I'm your child, but I'm not a child. And that's the part that clouds her judgment because she feels like she has dictatorship over my life and my journey. And we're walking two different paths. We are not the same person. You gave me life, but I think parents forget that you're only half of them. You're not all of them. You're half of them. Even if you're raised in a single parent household, you're only half of what that parent gives you because you're half of their DNA. Even if the other parent's not around, that's still part of the DNA that consumes you, which makes you a whole nother person. Because, yeah, they might have consumed you together and created you together, but there's 50-50 in this situation because that makes a whole. So not all of them is all you. So I think that's where this conversation needs to be had because it was jarred open and literally struck me in a way where I had to be taken back where I was having panic attacks. I wasn't able to sleep. I was having sleepless nights. And shout out to my auntie Susan, you know, my mucha, who I was finally able to release that door and talk to somebody who knew my mom one on a one on one level longer than I have, who is able to really receive me and understand my perspective emotionally and the turmoil I've been fighting for me to realize like I'm not crazy. This isn't normal. And I'm technically not being heard and seen because it's all about the money and money is literally the root of all evil if you allow it and that's that's the fucking truth but monsters in the closet reminds me when i heard the song first the first time selena released it it reminded me of monsters inc and i say monster is inc and uh you know correlates with us in real life because if you think about it now that you okay y'all stay with me Watch the movie now that y'all are older, okay, right? So some of y'all, I'm talking to those who are like Gen Z, you know, my millennials. Watch the movie now that you're older and look back. Because there's a lot of things I realize now that I'm older when I looked in childhood were just innocent, but in reality had messaging. So watch Monsters, Inc. now as opposed to when you watch it as a child and you understand the backstory. There's a little girl who feels like there's monsters in her closet, right? But there really are monsters in the closet, but the monsters are sent to scare her. They're sent to, that's their job. Their job is to scare. Their job is to frighten. Their job is to be afraid. But this one little girl gets the monsters who are friendly. They become her friends. She's not frightened by them as much as she's intrigued. And life is the same way for us. We have doors where we have monsters in our closet, but we never know until we open the door what the monster's emotions may fuel. It may be fear. It may be doubt. It may be confusion, but in reality, some of us are intrigued by the monster because part of that monster that we're fearing from stems from an internal, uh, internal situation within ourselves that needs to be addressed. Sully and them were just monsters. Yeah, they were different looking, but they even took her on the journey to understand the different doors of which monsters go where. Same applies to us in real life. We all have different doors we're walking through in life. We all come from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different household dynamics, different cultures. So when we walk through different doors of other people's lives, experiencing ourselves to put our eyes in our lenses of seeing through others through a different lens, it allows us, just like the Monsters and Monsters, Inc., to travel to see different doors and realize some kids may be afraid, some are not. But the main focus that I'm trying to say in all this in Monsters, Inc. is... This little girl represents a lot of us in our inner child. The inner child in us who is screaming and still afraid, but has yet to speak up because we don't know the right tools and outsources or have never seen somebody with the same resource to be able to know how to tame or deal or release that monster. I, for one, can say for my inner child, it took time. Baby, I tell y'all all the time. Baby Jess, we're thick as thieves. Me and her have been to a process of healing where she's healed enough to... 
I know what she needs. I fuel her. I, I nourish her. I, I, I nurture her. I take care of her. Now we're on to teenage Jessica, which has not been the easiest struggle. But I didn't realize that a lot of what baby Jess was going through is why teenage Jess was so angry, so fueled, so whatever. Because that teenage Jess is when the trauma happened with rape, molestation, and sexual assault. And even in the, in the school system, I was sexually assaulted by a teacher's aide. So a lot of anger and frustration built up in that. And I carried that for years up until I realized I'm the problem. I'm in these situations because I thought watching my dad be a womanizer and emotionally manipulative was the way to do things because I watching my dad's what he did. My mom being a narcissist, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. And I can brag about it is what I thought was the right thing to do and take things back because I got it. When in reality, both of them niggas was wrong. Okay. Which is why I can understand how they came together and they probably each have their own backstories to their own childhood of why they are how they are. And that's not my job to figure it out because that's up to them to want to change their ways. But to them, a lot of them, I will say my mother, old dog, new tricks. Same with my father. It's about to be 70 years old and you're stuck in your ways because that's all you know. And some people have accepted you that way, but I don't ex tolerate the bare minimum. I don't tolerate it for myself and I'm damn sure not tolerate it for my parents. Again, I love them. But from a distance, because they're not conducive to the person I'm growing, the person I'm becoming, and the person I am today. Because a lot of what they taught me or what I've witnessed, I had to undo and not unsee. Because it wasn't the right way to properly be healthy to move and maneuver through this world. So what is your monster? And what doors are you walking through? Are you intrigued or are you in fear? And if there's fear, figure out why. Because if you don't figure out what those childhood fears are, they will always remain. You will never face them. And that's why therapy is so conducive because people swear therapy is like, oh, I tell somebody they're unbiased. They give me the answers. I figure it out. I go from there. Therapy is more of a, I'll give you the tools. I'm licensed to tell you exactly what might be psychologically going on in your mental, what needs to be addressed, but they give you the guys to say, look at your past to present, to understand your present and then change us in the present to be able to build a better future. Childhood fears will have you in a chokehold. And a lot of people I know suppress and compartmentalize a lot of their traumas because they're so used to being ignored and not heard that the fear overpowers of them if they speak up. It's going to be a constant chastise or it's going to be an antagonizing for them to be able to speak their truth. And you can't keep the door closed forever. The door can't be closed forever. Me going through that rape, that shit was eating me the fuck alive, y'all. When I say that shit eat, was eating me alive, it was eating me alive. Because I hadn't told anybody. And I felt like I was allowing the power to be consumed by him than me speaking my truth. And thinking that my mom was going to look at me crazy and not believe me. Rather than taking the chance to stand on business and be about myself and defend myself. The door can be closed. You can deadbolt it. You can lock it. Put an alarm system on the bitch. At the end of the day, it's going to jar itself open because there's so much shit as y'all ever seen. Remember like back in the sitcoms, like I don't know if y'all ever remember, like the, a lot of them had this cliche scene where like people are coming over. The house is not clean this last minute. So instead of just really cleaning thoroughly, everybody just throws stuff in the closet and close the closet. And eventually there's so much shit in the closet that it jars open and then everything spills out. That's what's going to happen to your life. It's good to have the aesthetic to look clean because you're trying to rush to get stuff done to put it away and put it aside. 
but that baggage, those emotions, that anger, that frustration, that that hurt, you throwing it all in the closet, eventually it's going to pile up where it's so much stuff that the closet can't hold so much that all of it just implodes or explodes and just blows itself out. Now it's all over the floor. Now you got your, 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 all of your secrets are now being busted out because now whoever you didn't want to see that dirtiness or see your dirty laundry can see it so vividly and clear. And now you put a perception in their mind that you're running and you're trying to hide from something because instead of addressing it, you just throw it in the closet. Instead of cleaning it thoroughly, i.e. dealing with those emotions as you need to, there is no time frame on healing. You're dealing with it in a way to just band-aid it. And band-aids are not meant to last to cover wounds forever. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I just said? Band-aids are not meant to be covering wounds forever. At some point, that wound has to breathe in order for it to heal and scab. Because constantly putting a band-aid, that shit will never heal. It'll constantly just be an open wound. Same applies to the monsters in your closet address them because so many of them you could stuff in there as well as your skeletons before that thing jars the fuck open and you're left to clean it up any fucking way so do it the right way the first time you know what i'm saying so i just feel like in a way too when you're thinking about monsters in the closet and you know your door being jarred open are they really monsters or just dark parts that need to be healed because sometimes we have things where there are monsters that are we feel are chasing after us or things that have been, you know, constantly pushing us and putting us in situations or emotional unavailable people or emotionally unavailable situations. But are they just also dark parts of us that need to be healed? And sometimes those parts that need to be healed are parts that we try to run from because we don't know how to heal them. You know what I'm saying? I know for me, you know, my 10th house in Mars Having that being Taurus, I'm passionate about stability, yet being creative. So I know my creativity is what allows me to open my doors, i.e. this podcast, i.e. my painting, i.e. my business, allows me to be creative, but yet find stability in who I am as a person. Because I know, I don't know if y'all watch, like I said, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, that franchise being the only franchise I feel that has opened the door to true ultimate reality, and I do mean tea, because you have all these women coming from different backgrounds, Mary with her grandmother and marrying her step-grandfather, and you have Monica with her narcissistic mother and being messing with her brother-in-law and being shut out the Mormon church. And then you have Heather who left the Mormon church and wrote a whole book about it and still has some of the, the basic rituals, a part of her lifestyle and Whitney and her exploring her sexuality and the, the ups and downs of her marriage and, and Meredith going through her things with Seth and the up down and then accepting a gay child and, and, and loving him out loud. And, uh, Lisa dealing, Lisa's just superficial. Fuck that bitch. We ain't gonna talk about her, but that's the only franchise. And then Jen Shaw with her criminal case. These are all, that's the only time I feel like any franchise in reality is reality because it's no fluff. There's no think pieces. There may be orchestrated drama, but these people are really unveiling their real lives and disclosing what's really going on into their day to day. I personally feel Monica was the best addition to replace Jen Shaw, especially because she used to work for Jen. And at one point they were friends, but she gave a transparency that we hadn't seen since Jen. And I really thought once Jen left, the franchise would be doomed. But Monica and LD, Heather Gay and her crazy cousin Whitney, Meredith, the Merrill and lackluster Lisa brought something. 
Okay, they brought something. Even having Mary back, you know, just a little bit to sprinkle a little bit of added flavor with a little black girl magic. Mary gave us a little something. Now, I will say this. Mary a little off. I don't know where her elevator reaching to the top because how does your son still live in your mansion and with his girlfriend or wife and you know shit about it, but he on the internet talking about drugs? Child, listen. But again, that might be something where it's a monster in her closet where she's being delusional because she doesn't want to address what her son really may be about because he's not smothered up under her and that's literally her only child. And mind you, Mary doesn't have a relationship with her own mother. You see what I'm saying? So these are normal dynamics of monsters or things that need to be addressed that are dark parts that haven't healed but need to be seen. I feel like each woman revealed their monsters in their closets where they're open doors and they try to keep them shut. Like they, some of them try to keep their doors closed, i.e. Meredith, because there's still some surface level shit. We don't know about her, but I feel like having Angie's weird family dynamic and offset energy helped the ratings. I feel in a way too, because Angie's from a Greek background. She's only known her dad. Their 12 year daughter still sleeps with him in the bed. Her husband's a straight man. That is a hair salon owner. And she has a different dynamic where it kind of feel like help ratings and opened the door too for some people who are in that same situation. The main character energy was given from Monica though, okay? Because she was a rookie, even the rest tried to grab the light, but Monica meshing with Mary is legit the reason they want, they want but won't have Mary back. Because I feel like Monica and Mary are going to be the ratings and they're going to really show people like it's okay to speak your truth. It's okay to say what's going on. It's okay to say how you really feel and what's going on because you never know who's going to be able to relate. And I think it's imperative to address the monsters in the closet when you're in reality TV because the playback is real. We've seen Andy and his messy ass producers and we see how they're able to go back and backtrack into time. And when you're on reality TV from the times when it was real world, when they literally show real world with like Heather and Kevin being black in the only household, living in New York, dealing with the times of craziness because that was a time when they were still dealing with apartheid and it was an uproar and a lot of movement. It, it showed the true essence of why reality TV was going to be the pinnacle and center focal point on what we now see today, almost what, 30 something years later as it being a money-making machine, but it ain't given that much because they're going to play back. Because now once the the consumer has their eyes on you, the entertainment, once you're in entertainment, eyes never leave. Nothing's no longer private. Everything's public business. So I feel like LD is the most narcissistic ever, known as a parent, but coming from an only child life with an MP is something I get far too well. Like I told y'all, like LD is the prime example of a mother who weaponizes the goodwill and good faith to control a child who's an adult. Like to take your daughter's car away because you don't like what she said to you is childish. And to know that she has four kids, but you manipulated that situation is childish. Like I have a parent, like I said, who does the same thing and praises themselves for what they do for others, myself included. And when I talk to my titi mucha, we've had the common consensus to know that's exactly my mother. Okay. I'm telling y'all the real. I'm telling y'all the fucking real. Like LD speaks on therapy, but ghosts Monica when they're supposed to go. She even goes as far as to pin the family against Monica when she goes back to Bermuda for her birthday. Like, who does that in their right mind to pin the family against your only child because you have your own gripe with your child? Then you talk about wanting to build, do better, be in therapy, but you ghost your daughter for therapy. Like, if y'all ever ask me, I ask my mom to do therapy, what do I need therapy for? That's why people shit. And this, my people, is why you have to 
open the door for the monsters in your closet because it's going to jar open. Because if I never would have done therapy, I could just imagine how more how toxic I would be and much more toxic I would be in my life if I haven't addressed the thing that was necessary because of therapy. And therapy is necessary when you have monsters in your closet. It won't fix it all. But it will give the tools needed to maneuver narcissistic parents and many other motherfuckers in this world just like them. Okay? Trust me. I'm telling y'all this from firsthand experience. Which, if you don't, it can hinder your experience with others if you don't seek the guidance needed to not bleed on those who didn't cause your wounds in your upbringing. Like, the defense mechanisms LD took to Twitter was wild, defaming moniker, but that's your mom. Like, you're willing to defame and slander your own daughter, but you're her whole mother. Like, it's the worst feeling ever to have a narcissistic parent when your mother is your bully, and that's the biggest bully, but that's the one person that gave you life, brought you into this world, and the one person that you have to really find the emotional stability and strength to stand away from when it's no longer helping you, it's hurting you. And emotional abuse is something far too common and done by kin before friend. Let me say that for you again. Emotional abuse is something far too common and done by kin more than friend. Okay, you can count on your family to stab in your back and make you feel away before you do your friends. And once you can slay the Goliath of uh, relativity, you can go to war with the world if you have to. Okay, triggers will forever be upon you. You just have to learn why. How, what, who, and when to be able to not rehash the wound, but nurture to be a better in nature. So in order for that to happen, you got to be able to nurture yourself to be better for society and being able to give the due nature and diligence that's necessary for you to be able to maneuver through this world. Like when you're able to do that and not reopening a wound because it's constantly something you're picking at, but you're not addressing, you're just picking at it. It's not doing nothing. Keeping the door closed doesn't mean ain't doesn't mean ain't shit in there. So a lot of y'all probably in this world, and I'm probably not the only one, have kept the door closed because of your monsters. Just because you keep it closed and it's dark don't mean it ain't shit in that closet. Because once you flick that light on, everything comes to the light, comes to the light. Everything. Jill said it best. Comes to the light, comes to the light. So what's the point? The longer you keep it closed the easier it will be for it to jar. Because as we all know, keeping the door closed, and even though it's dark, shit starts piling up. Piling up because you've been doing it for so long, just throwing shit in the closet. Now you like, well, why is the door? I got the door locked. Boom, shit is broken. Here we are. Here we are. Having your door jarred open is far by more painful than just starting with having the door crack open. And slowly, and I do mean slowly, letting the dust and removing the unnecessary clutter out of your heart. The more you are slowly but surely taking the time to chisel at that sculpture of what you're trying to get to that nitty gritty core of your heart. To be able to break down that wall and knock down that door slowly, just starting to declutter little by little. It's not so overwhelming for you. You don't feel like it's a task as more as it's a freedom. It's a freedom, okay? Slowly leaving the door cracked to let certain people in to see what may be in your closet or check constantly checking, constantly checking, constantly checking in to see what may be in there that needs to be replaced, removed, handled is easier and less painful than a jarred open thing where literally everything's all over the place. And you don't know where the fuck to start, okay? 
It's easier to unclutter your heart and lessens the pain and strife on your heart, especially in your throat chakra when you're able to speak up. Okay? It's a process not for the faint, though. Okay? It damn sure ain't for the faint. You really got to be willing to do better, be better, and willing to know that it's going to be, when I say it's going to be dark, baby, it's going to be dark. You have to be willing to know that you have to withstand that darkness and be in them low, 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 low lows in order to know that this is a part of the cleaning process to clean out that closet, to adjust those monsters so they no longer are scaring you at night where you don't have to sleep with a nightlight. Because that little flicker of light can help you, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that that shit's still not under the bed. But it shows in this wild-ass world we live in who's been jarred and who's been willing. And I can say this on a regular basis as I continue in my spiritual journey and my self-awareness journey of, you know, elevating it on higher planes and levels that I can see who's had their clock monsters in their closet and who's had their shit jarred open because the world has forced you or some something has happened that's triggered you to have your door jarred open as those who've been willingly just had the door cracked and started to declutter and say hey spring cleaning this week i'm going to handle this this and this and then i'm going to address this little by little so i can be able to not have so much clutter where i'm forced to have to let the world see who i really am as opposed to introducing them to parts of me that what was so they don't misconstrue it and stamp me for what i am today and what i will continue to be which way will you take it, okay? That's my question for y'all. Which way will you take it? Will the door be open regardless? Would you rather control it or troll it? Because controlling it, then trolling it means you're trolling it, trying to make fun of it, have satire, thinking the shit is going to be whatever. As opposed to controlling the narrative and being able to deal with it on your own time and gradually make it a part of your daily routine to be something different. So... You going to open your door before it's dried open? Or you going to let the monsters take over? Really up to you. But like I always say on air, let's keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Because I keep telling myself there's some monsters in my closet. And you got to handle them. <laughs>